You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is December 30th, 2020. My name is Philip Rosser. I'm the expert insight editor over at orlandomagicdaily.com. You can just follow me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. On today's episode of Locked On Magic, the Orlando Magic are 4-0 for the first time in franchise history. The Orlando Magic defeated the Oklahoma City Thunder. We'll break down that game and talk about the history that was made on Tuesday night. We'll talk about all that coming up here in just a moment. But before you do any of that, I do want to remind you all that you can check out all the great podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network by searching wherever you download podcasts for Locked On and the team you're looking for. Just like this podcast, you're covering the Orlando Magic with excruciating detail. This podcast is covering every single team in the NBA with the same level of care and detail that you can only find from a local expert who knows their team best. Want the Oklahoma City Thunder's perspective on Tuesday's loss? Check out Locked On Thunder. Want to look ahead to Thursday's game against the Philadelphia 76ers? Check out Locked On Sixers. No matter what your team is, whether it's the NBA, NFL, NHL, MLB, or College 2, there is a Locked On podcast for you. Just search wherever you download podcasts for Locked On and the team you're looking for. The Locked On Podcast Network, it's your team every day. At this point, we're getting used to the Orlando Magic being able to execute down the stretch, being able to, to play at a high level or at least to hold off teams in the fourth quarters. Um, we're seeing a team that, yeah, maybe familiarity and continuity is playing a role in how this group plays in crunch time. What we haven't seen yet is a team that can blow teams out, that can extend leads out and kind of keep a team comfortably at bay. And so... Maybe we saw that on Tuesday. Maybe we didn't. That's going to be one of the big questions that I think is, is going to follow this Magic team uh, for the next couple of days as they get ready for a big showdown with the now 2-1 and one Philadelphia... Or 3-1? and one? The, the Sixers have one loss. Um, with, with the Philadelphia 76ers coming up here on Thursday. The first... I wouldn't say legitimate team. They did beat the Miami Heat. But the first real team, uh, or a team that's playing well at least, that the Magic are going to face this season. And it's a very, very big test against a playoff caliber team. And I think a lot of people are curious if this Magic team is for real. I think the Magic are too, because throughout much of Tuesday's game, the focus and attention to detail, the same things that a lot of fans have been concerned about, a lot, of, and certainly the coaches have been concerned about, weren't always there. But they were there enough. Things tightened up enough. Things got t- done enough to put the Magic in a position to win. And not just in a position to win, a position to win running away. The Thunder did not go away, as we said on this podcast yesterday. The Oklahoma City Thunder are a team that will keep coming at you. They do not stop. They do not give in. They've got length. They've got some interesting young players. They are capable of upsetting anyone who is not careful. And the Magic... Every time they seemed to take a big lead, saw their deficit dwindle down to a single point or to a single possession, to a, a more manageable deficit. The Magic were only up two at the end of the third quarter once again. But unlike previous games, the Orlando Magic were able to get some distance. And while they still had to make plays down the stretch and frankly struggled offensively down the stretch in, in a lot of respects for the first time all year, the Magic got the stops and the baskets that they needed. One thing that struck me uh, throughout the course of this game was 
you know, the Magic talk a lot about pace. That's been a huge talking point. The Magic are indeed playing at a faster pace. And it seemed throughout the course of this game, since the Magic were able to get into the paint whenever they wanted, it felt like, that they would settle for that first shot, that first jumper, that first good look, instead of working for better looks, instead of working a little bit a little bit harder to get a, a, an even better look rather than just kind of taking the first jumper they could. That's obviously not going to be a formula for this team's success, and the Magic have to do a better job moving the ball and working inside out rather than maybe taking a one-pass one pass and shot, which certainly happened a lot uh, in this game against the Thunder. But even if you're playing with pace, it's easy when you're playing with pace, it's easy to get chaotic. It's easy to get stuck in that notion that pace means quick shots. It doesn't. Pace does not mean quick shots. Pace means playing intensely and playing with speed. It doesn't mean playing for shortened possessions. At least not how coaches mean it. And so to me, it, it struck me that in the fourth quarter, it was the Magic's patience that won them the game. Orlando had a huge advantage with Nikola Vucevic. Uh, the Thunder uh, sat Al Horford and George Hill for this game. We might see them on, on Saturday when the Thunder come to Orlando. They sat those two key players, and those are two veterans that stabilize a roster. And certainly Al Horford would have provided a lot more um, resistance than... Darius Baisley or Isaiah Roby did against Nikola Vucevic. The Magic did change their offense up a, a ton to get the ball to Vucevic and take advantage of this mismatch. And of course, Vucevic delivered 28 points and, and just a dominant offensive performance. The, the Magic turned to him in the third quarter to help stake a, a, a double-digit lead for the first time in the game and then turned to him at the end of the game when he picked them apart with his passing as well as his jump shooting. The Thunder had no answer for Nikola Vucevic. And that was enough. That was enough to give the Magic the cushion and the lead that they needed to pull away, to take this win, to get to 4-0 for the first time in franchise history. It was not perfect. In fact, this, this, there's a lot of struggle going on here. This game felt like Saturday's game where the Magic had control throughout but never could pull away, never could put the game completely out of reach. And again, it, it never felt like the Magic were truly in doubt here, or never, thre never truly threatened. The Thunder kept pushing, they kept getting back into the game, they kept giving themselves the chance, but Orlando never let them get too close. The Thunder did take the lead briefly in the beginning of the of fourth quarter, but Orlando quickly reestablished themselves as the dominant factors in this game. Orlando snuffed out hope pretty quickly. And again, that's a sign of a good team. Good teams do this stuff. But the Magic still have a lot to work on, a lot to improve. And that, that is beyond doubt. Their defense in the first half was atrocious. Uh, they were really struggling with their rotations. They were giving up tons of open threes. They were giving up tons of, uh, ball of uh, dribble penetration. Orlando's got to do a better job containing ball handlers. They are switching up their defensive schemes a little bit. You are seeing... Uh, a lot more hedging and blitzing on pick and rolls, and that, and I think the Magic are still learning how to rotate behind it. Um, so there's certainly some adjustments being made there. But they got better as the game went on. The second half was much better, and the fourth quarter was obviously very, very good for the Orlando Magic, as they you know didn't shut down the Oklahoma City Thunder, but uh, were able to stake a larger lead. Um, the offense got stuck on occasion, uh, and the Magic had their outlet with Nikola Vucevic to help close the door. The Orlando Magic defeat the Oklahoma City Thunder 
117 to 108, or 118 to 107, excuse me. 118 to 107 to improve to 4 0 for the first time in franchise history. We'll run through the box score and talk about a little bit of history that was made coming up here in just a moment. But first, it is football season. It is bowl season. We got the college football playoff coming up on Friday, the Citrus Bowl on Friday. Go Cats as well plus NFL action over the weekend, and of course, NBA all throughout the weekend. There's only one place that has you covered and one place we trust, betonline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use that promo code Locked On for your 50% welcome bonus. Whether it's the NFL games of the week, the college football top games, or the current headlines in sports, don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action and don't forget to use that promo code Locked On to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Betting on the NBA doesn't have to be a guessing game. If you listen to the new Locked On Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling, get daily picks and quick-hitting advice to make the smartest possible wager. Subscribe to the Locked On Bets podcast, brought to you by betonline.ag, wherever you get podcasts. The Orlando Magic defeat the Oklahoma City Thunder 118-107 to for their fourth win of the season. They're now 4-0. Let's run through the final box scores. This was a very interesting game. A game that was, frankly, unlike the other three. Um, it was most similar to Saturday's win over the Wizards, where it just felt like the Magic had control throughout. Um, but the Magic had to go to different sources to get some scoring in this game. It wasn't uh, kind of the runaway scoring that, that they've had before. Uh, Nikola Vucevic, the undoubted star of the game, 28 points, 12 for 18 shooting, 3 for 4 from beyond the arc, 10 rebounds, 5 assists. Um, the, the Thunder had no answer for him. They they went small-ish with uh, Al Horford out for the game. Uh, so they uh, had Isaiah Roby on him making his first start, and Nikola Vucevic just ate him up in the post. Um, the Magic made it a point to get him the ball on the low block where he was able to kind of find cutters, he was able to cross to the to the to the to the weak side uh and and find some shooters so they could they could drive to the basket uh and, and he just scored himself too. He was able to get really deep post position throughout the entire game and Oklahoma City had no answer for him. Defensively Vucevic is still a little slow. Um and, and again, we know that he doesn't have the greatest mobility. We know that that's not his his strength, that's not his forte. Um but with the Magic starting to hedge and blitz a little bit more, we're seeing Vucevic um, doing a good job. Honestly, I think he's doing a good job with his hedges and blitzes, but I think what he's struggling to do is learning when to stop and, and go back to his man and kind of reset the defense. And I think what teams are taking advantage of most with the Magic right now is Vucevic is doing a good job hedging and blitzing, but once that's broken, uh, Vucevic can't get back in time. So I, I feel like almost Vucevic, has, is, Vucevic is, again, waiting maybe a beat too long on his hedge uh, instead of getting back and trying to uh, get back into the play. I, I think that that is that is something that I think the Magic are going to look at, and I think that's something the Magic are going to think about doing uh, as they continue the strategy and this defense strategy. The Magic's defense, you know, again, is very different than what it was last year in the last two years. The Magic almost exclusively dropped the last two years, and I don't think they've dropped. They, they, they've, I've, I'm sure that they've dropped at some point uh, this season. But I don't think that, that they're certainly not dropping as a primary strategy. Um, that is that is 100% true. Uh, and, and again, you can, watch, you can watch these games, watch them a little closer. Watch the Magic's pick and roll coverage. They are not dropping at all. It is all hedging. It's all blitzing. Uh, Vucevic is coming out above the three-point line. It's something that a lot of us have asked Vucevic to do for a long, long time. But I think the Magic's rotations behind it 
aren't set yet. It's not something that I think they've drilled. It's not something that I think they've practiced a ton. Um, but they can get there. Um, again, I, I think we're still seeing enough positive signs that the Magic can get there, that the Magic can execute this defense. Maybe not at the highest level quite yet, but at a, at a solid level. And they get they string together enough stops to give themselves a chance to win. I think what we really need to see is kind of this defensive attention to detail play out a little bit more. Orlando's being a much more assertive and aggressive on the ball as well. Um, they're getting a lot more deflections, but they're still kind of learning how to rotate behind that. So just something to keep an eye on. I, I don't think Nikola Vucevic is to blame for the defensive issues. Um, I think a lot of it's scheme and a lot of it's just comfort within the scheme. Dwayne Bacon with a really nice game. 18 points, 9 for 10 shooting, 8 rebounds. The Magic did a really good job of setting him up. Um, he did a great job cutting off of, Vucevic, off of Vucevic's passes, was able to get into the lane. He didn't settle for three-pointers. He took. Uh, he was not credited with taking a three-pointer, but he essentially took a three-pointer um, late in the game. Wide open shot, shot you want him taking, but largely against closeouts, he did a good job You know, giving a little pump fake, getting in the lane, and what Bacon is really good at, and this is what he was good at in Charlotte, this was good at Florida State, he's good at getting in the lane and absorbing contact. He's a big body, he can take the hits, uh, and, and I think he did a really good job finishing at the basket and, and over the defense a little bit uh, with how he was playing. So a really nice game from Dwayne Bacon. You can't really complain about the way that he played. Evan Fournier with 14 points, 5 for 11 shooting, 2 for 6 from beyond the arc. Pretty uh, decently solid game for him. Obviously not the, the huge blowout game. Terrence Ross in the same boat, 14 points, 7 for 13 shooting, 0 for 4 from beyond the arc. Again, you know, maybe maybe not hitting shots they would normally make. It was maybe a down game for those two shooters, but Orlando picked up the slack elsewhere. Marco Fultz, I thought, had an interesting game. 11 points, 4 for 16 shooting, 10, 10 assists on the game as well. Um, Fultz, Fultz did some really nice things. Um, you know, his passing was on point. He had great chemistry with Nikola Vucevic, set him up on several occasions, set up a ton of other players as well. Um, where Fultz struggled in this game and where he he was much better in the previous two, um, he kind of dribbled himself himself into traps. He didn't finish at the rim as well as he did in the, in the first three games, uh, and that's that's I think the big reason why his numbers were so down is he just he just simply didn't finish at the rim. Again, got the same kind of shots, got the same you know you know same physicality to get his space and get get into it. Uh, he did a lot of things really really well. Um, but he just dribbled himself into traps too much, and Oklahoma City's length, I think, really gave, really bothered him both at the rim and on the perimeter. Um, not the great offensive game for Markel Fultz, but um, again, still made a positive impact. And again, if this is if this is what a bad Markel Fultz game looks like this year, Magic are going to be fine. I don't think they'll be too upset about that. Um, other notable performances: Ken Burch continues his little offensive renaissance, seven points, three for four shooting. Cole Anthony with seven points on one for five shooting. I, I don't care so much about the one for five. Um, I think he's still trying to figure out where his offense is going to come from. Um, you can still see him kind of experimenting. The guy is fearless. I thought he he you know he's not he he doesn't let a miss kind of wear on him. Um, you know he's still taking smart shots. He's not forcing anything. He's he's working his way to the basket. He's giving himself the chance. But it, you know it, it'll come. I think the timing and I think the understanding of where to get his shots will come. What I'm really impressed about with Cole Anthony in this game and really over the last few games. Is the stuff that he was not advertised as good at. Uh, he is a much more active and better defender than I think a lot of us thought he would be. Um, he competes. Uh, you know that was something that that the, the front office did say about him. He really competes. He really gets after it on the off uh, on defense. I think that is a really positive sign. 
Um, and, you know, we saw him take a charge. You know, we're seeing him do little things that I think really, really add up. And the same goes for Chumo Kiki. Chumo Kiki, three points, one for three shooting. But I thought his first quarter stint was the best stint that he's had in, had in the league so far. You know, didn't take didn't take a shot, didn't have to. But he was he got a couple of deflections, got a block, um, you know, picked up a picked up a rebound or two. Just played really solid defense, and and that stood out to me. So I think Chuma is going to start putting those pieces together, especially as the game slows down for him. Made a nice dribble pull up once again. Um, so I think you know again, I don't think he's I don't think he's afraid to shoot. He's just very playing within himself and within his role right now, not really forcing a ton of things. But I I, I think Chuma is doing some really really nice things as well. Aaron Gorn with 12 points, 5 for 10 shooting, missed all three of his three-pointers. About 22 minutes to play, 5 rebounds. He's still working on a little bit of a minutes restriction. Um, early on, Gorn was kind of going a little too freelancey and and, and get a lot of some of it in transition, but struggling to just kind of finish shots that he needs to finish. Um, but once he settled into the game, he, he did really, really well. Um, I think the Magic, and certainly uh, Magic fans are eager to see him uh, not be uh, on a minutes restriction anymore, but uh, he's still feeling some of the effects of the hamstring injury that uh, cost him the playoffs uh, in the bubble last year. The Orlando Magic shoot uh, 51% from the floor. So despite some of the offensive struggles that we saw, the Magic do shoot the ball really, really well. Nikola Vujic a big part of that. 7 for 22 from beyond the arc, just 16 free throws, 13 of 16 from the foul line. Um, that is certainly a concern for them. They, they, they need to be a high free throw team as they were the last, last few nights. Uh, 26 assists overall for the Magic on 49 field goal makes that numbers certainly better than it has been in the past. The Oklahoma City Thunder are led in scoring by Shea Gilgis-Alexander at 23. He had 23.7 rebounds, 7 assists. Uh, Isaiah Roby with a really nice start, 19 points on 9 for 12 shooting with 7 rebounds. Um, the Magic did struggle to contain ball handlers and their defense was a bit of a mess. Isaiah Roby certainly took advantage of that. Lugent Stort with 15 points, Hamadou Diallo with 13, and Mike Muscala with 14 off the bench. The Thunder shoot. 49.4% from floor, 11 for 34 from beyond the arc. They commit 20 turnovers, though, and shoot just 10 for 19 from the foul line. The Thunder is certainly going to feel like they left one on the board, although, again, I do think the Magic uh, felt like they had control over this game for most of it. The Orlando Magic defeat the Oklahoma City Thunder 118-107. to They're now 4-0 for the first time in franchise history. They're back in action Thursday against the Philadelphia 76ers. When we come back from the break, we'll talk a little bit about the history that was made and what it means uh, coming up here in just a moment. But after a long road trip, we do have to break through our wall because the NBA schedule does not stop. It's going to be an exhausting run for the Orlando Magic all the way through January. In fact, the Magic don't have consecutive days off without a game until February, or at least scheduled for now, until February. It's a long, long way off. So break through your wall, whether it's a mental or physical wall, with Built Go Every Day. They're easy to take and come in one and a half ounce packages, so you can put them in your briefcase, uh, your golf bag, or wherever. It's the best workout gel on the market. Built Go is five-hour energy without the same crash feeling, plus it's natural, so it's better for the body. It's like drinking a monster drink with a third of the caffeine and better results. Built Go combines energy gel with collagen protein, which is fast-absorbing, so it gets into your system fast, and it's easy on the stomach. Built Go is loaded with good stuff to ignite your work, like beta-alanine, B3, honey, and a kick of caffeine. Visit BuiltGo.com and use promo code LOCKED and you'll get 20% off your next order. Again, use promo code LOCKED for 20% off at BuiltGo.com. If you want to get basketball smart, it starts with listening to the Hollinger and Duncan podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. NBA analytics pioneer and front office insider John Hollinger joins Dunked On podcast host Nate Duncan 
to bring you scouting reports, game breakdowns, and salary cap analysis. Subscribe to Hollinger and Duncan today, wherever you get podcasts. Early in the first quarter, the Orlando Magic witnessed history. Well, they witnessed history at the end of the game, obviously, as the Orlando Magic reached 4-0 for the first time in franchise history, but they witnessed another kind of history. Nikola Vucevic was three field goals away from tying Nick Anderson for the most field goals made in Orlando Magic history. And when Nikola Vucevic made a three with about eight and a half minutes to play in the first quarter, he became the sole possessor of the most field goals made in Magic history. Nikola Vucevic has been cementing his place in Magic history for a while now. Some of that certainly by longevity, but a lot of it because he has produced he has put up numbers for this team for a very, very long time. And he has made himself a surefire Orlando Magic Hall of Famer, if not certainly one of the 10 best players in franchise history. If not somewhere near, you know, I don't think he's in the top five, but somewhere he's certainly in the top 10. And Nikola Vucevic, his name now goes with the very best in Magic history. This was a game that the Magic had to have. And a game where Nikola Vucevic carried them. Played like the all-star that he is. And yes, I know he didn't make the all-star team last year, but by the end of the season, he was playing back at his 2019 levels. Nikola Vucevic has done nothing but put his nose to the grindstone. Done nothing but play as hard as he could. Sure, he's got shortcomings. Sure, he's got failings. But he's done nothing but produce for this team for a long time. And he slowly, bit by bit, built this legacy to grow from. And it's something that didn't happen by accident. Vucevic has been solid for this team for a very long time. He's been a walking trip, walking double-double since he arrived. And slowly but surely, he's grown his other skills, or coaches have allowed him to grow his other skills, I think, certainly early on in his career. I don't think anyone knew quite what to do with him completely. But he's grown his skills to the point where he's one of the best centers in the league. And I don't think there's, you know, again, I don't think there's a ton of debate on that. He's certainly one of the best passing big men in the league today. He's certainly one of the best shooting big men in the league today. And while his defense still does leave something to be desired, no one denies this, Nikola Vucevic now has a place in the Magic Pantheon and is something that Vuce is certainly gracious to have. It's very humbling for me. Uh, you know, all the great players that have played for the Magic, you know, for me to be, you know, uh, the all-time leader in field goals made, uh, especially when you know all the great scorers that played here. You know, it's a huge honor uh, and a big motivation for me to keep working. Uh, but yeah, no, just a very, very proud, a proud moment for me, uh, and I'm very happy to be able to do it. And I'm also happy that I was able, I was able to achieve that in the win. So hopefully, I can continue to build on that, and that we can continue to win games. Unfortunately for Nikola Vucevic, most of his big moments have happened in losses. He had a 25, he had a, what, the 29 rebound game when he set the single game mark for rebounds in an overtime loss to the Miami Heat in his first year with the Magic. He's had some incredible moments that have unfortunately been marked by loss. In fact, his entire tenure with the Orlando Magic is marked by loss. If I hear the, the biggest criticism I hear of Nikola Vucevic or the biggest reason many fans give me for why the Magic need to trade Nikola Vucic is he's just been representative of so much loss. He's been here since the beginning of the rebuild, since Dwight Howard was traded. He was acquired in the Dwight Howard trade. 
the last piece that's still on the team from that deal. And to a lot of fans, somewhat rightfully so, he represents the worst era of Magic history. He represents the failure of the Rob Hannigan era. And moving on from him is almost like turning the page and moving on completely from that era. Both he and Evan Fournier, unfortunately, I think do represent that phase of Magic history. The worst of Magic history. The worst, the worst era of Magic history by record, at least. But that's unfair to Vucevic. Because he's put in the work. He's continued to produce. And, you know, yes, again, he has his shortcomings, but no one ever replaced him. And he kept scoring. He kept putting up rebounds. He kept improving as a passer. He improved as a three-point shooter. The Magic's playoff trip in 2019 was one of the big successes of his career. And even though he struggled in that playoff series, making the All-Star team and getting to that postseason was incredibly meaningful to him. This is a guy that I think truly bleeds Orlando Magic. This guy wants to be here and has given his all to this team. That's not nothing. I think that is incredibly meaningful and I think that that is something that that fans should appreciate. No. Nikola Vucevic is not Shaquille O'Neal. He is not Dwight Howard. He is not Tracy McGrady. He's not Penny Hardaway. He's not on the pantheon of magic greats. He's probably not even the next guy out. I probably still put Nick Anderson as the next guy out. But Nikola Vucevic is one of the 10 best players that this franchise has ever seen. He's a guy that's going to be in the Magic Hall of Fame. He's going to go down as one of the best players to ever wear a Magic uniform. And climbing these lists is affirmation of that. But it's also not enough. Because again, what where your legacy is created, as Steve Clifford often says, is in the playoffs. You have to make your mark in the postseason. You have to, you know, players are ultimately judged by what they do in the playoffs. And while Vucevic is a really good player and someone who has undoubtedly done great things for this Magic team, his legacy is ultimately tied to whether he can figure out how to get this team out of the first round. Tracy McGrady won scoring titles. He was a gifted individual athlete, but he never got out of the first round. And that's part of his legacy. The 95 team, the 09 team, they helped revolutionize basketball, but they didn't win the championship. But they're remembered as the greatest because they got so far, because they left such a big imprint, not just on the city, which they certainly did, but on basketball as a whole. Nikola Vucevic's legacy is still to be set. It is not done yet. This season, so far, the Magic are 4-0. They look very, very good. Um, they're playing at a, at not, not yet at even at a high level, and they're winning games. And I think there is an excitement and a hope that this team can fulfill the promise that last year's team struggled to, to meet. But Vucevic is a big part of that. Vucevic is a huge part of that. He's the central figure through which everything runs. The screener that springs Markel Fultz open. The outlet to shoot jumpers. You know, Steve Clifford said uh, in his postgame remarks on Tuesday that if anyone has a reason to be upset about a lack of play, play calling, it's Nikola Vucevic. They don't run enough plays for him. 
There's something to that. The Magic's... The, Nikola Vucevic gets a lot of his offense on putbacks, on offensive rebounds, on rolls off jumpers, on trailing plays. He gets his occasional post up, and Tuesday was an exception to the rule because the Magic focused on getting him the ball. But Vucevic is largely a complimentary player, a very, very good one. That kind of hides behind the defense and scores a ton of points because they forget about him. Doesn't mean that Vucevic also can't create his own shot or attack off the dribble a little bit or hit the post up. But having him there spaces it for everyone else too. He does a lot of work for this team. And the Magic certainly are thankful to have him on the team. He's huge. Um, I think that it's very hard to guard him. Um, a big that can play in a post and also space the floor and make, you know, mid-ranges and three-pointers, you know. Um, so I always try to drive to, draw to and try to see where he's at and, you know, get him open shot. But tonight I think that, you know, he didn't only do a scoring, you know, passing the ball or rebounding. Um, but that's why he's, you know, it's an all-star. You know, he's a great player, a great big. And I'm just fortunate enough to have him on my team, so. Magic guard Markel Fultz talking about Nikola Vucevic there. He's someone that just makes everyone better. And the Magic have tried to modernize their offense a little bit more. And Vucevic is a central part to that. You can point to a lot of the successes the Magic had offensively this year, not just to Vucevic's ability to score, but his ability to space the floor as a three-point shooter, to his ability as a passer. One of the key moments of Tuesday's game was not a shot that Vucevic made. It was a pass. A really difficult pass for any big man. Now, Vucevic was was posting up on the left block or you know kind of left mid post. The Thunder brought a double team along the baseline, and Vucevic whipped a pass to Terrence Ross on the opposite side of the court. Ross gave a pump fake, dribbled in, and took the shot, and the Magic had a ten point lead with two minutes to play. It was a huge, huge momentum play, and a very difficult pass that Vucevic put on the money right in Ross's shooting pocket. And Ross was able to get a pump fake in to, to juke the defense and take a, a take a shot that, that he would make. This is what Nikola Vucevic has provided. And the Magic have only seen him continue to evolve. At 30, 30 years old, yes, Vucevic is in his prime, but he is in, a, in an area where his game should evolve and age well. But that doesn't mean that he'll be a forever Magic player. That doesn't mean that his future is not as uncertain as everyone else's. But this isn't the time to talk about the future. It's still so early in the season, it's about getting better in the present. And so far, Vucevic has reclaimed his all-star status, and yes, claimed his place in Magic history. That story, though, is not yet fully written. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. Of course, find us on uh, on Apple Podcasts, if you're tuning in, him, like Google, by Spotify, and all the places on the podcast, your podcast enable listening advice. You can find us on Twitter as well at Locked On Magic. You, you can find me on Twitter at Philip R underscore OMD. And of course, for the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out OrlandoMagicDaily.com. You can follow us there on Twitter at OMagicDaily. That's going to do it for me today. Though. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked On Magic. Tomorrow, we'll talk a little bit about what the Magic still need to work on and improve. Plus, a look at what's going on with Aaron Gordon. We'll have plenty to say about that coming up on tomorrow's episode of Locked On Magic. But until then, for Orlando Magic Daily and Locked On Magic, this has been Philip Rossman Reich. We'll see you all again next time for another episode of Locked On Magic.